It's the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. And welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Steve Italiano of the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we have uh, a little, hopefully a special treat for you on this one. Um, this is our Halloween special, as it is advertised on our on the title. Uh, and what it consists of is I put the call out uh, on Facebook and uh, some text messages to friends and family and ask them to share a paranormal or eerie or creepy experience they had um, that they couldn't explain or um, something that really set them on edge. And um, I'm, I'm very happy to say that uh, they didn't disappoint me. Um, got a few friends, a few old classmates, a few people uh, wrote in stories. Uh, so you're going to hear my voice telling their story or at least reading their email or text uh, to me. Um, otherwise, everything else is a recorded um, tale from that individual. Um, it's funny, um, most of the tales that uh, we'll be listening to today are stories. Um, if you had, it seems if you had one paranormal experience or one creepy experience, you've had multiple. Uh, so we've kind of picked out, uh, you're going to hear some voices, uh, again, friends, family, former classmates that, um, you're going to hear some voices. Um, we're going to mix them up a little bit, but you're going to hear some common voices, uh, with one or two stories going uh, along the way mixed in there. And, um, I really, really hope you enjoy it. Um, so, uh, I'm going to start with a story my uh, grandmother told me, um, and to give you some background on this, um, my grandparents, um, had always, as far as I can remember, always lived in apartment buildings. They were superintendents or caretakers of the property and, um, up and down the east side of Milwaukee. Um, and my grandfather passed away after, um, he, he had heart surgery back in the uh, mid eighties and, uh, never recovered and passed away. Um, uh, this left my grandmother living in the apartment that they had shared alone. Um, and she was not a terribly nervous woman, but she, she got edgy. Uh, she was not really afraid to do things. Uh, she was very, very active, walked the mall, was a mall walking grandma, that kind of thing. Um, but she tells a story that, uh, actually f scared her enough to force her out of her apartment and she moved in with my parents. Apparently what happened one evening, um, is she kind of woke up, somebody kind of nudging her if you, and living alone, of course, that, I guess that would spook anybody initially. Uh, but, um, she woke up and my grandparents had always had, uh, twin beds separated, you know, Ozzie and Harriet, Lucy and Ricky, two beds, nightstand in between. Um, and sitting on the edge of the other bed facing her was my grandfather. And she kind of woke up a little bit and I guess, and, in, uh, in this dream and put her glasses on and sat up on her side of the bed 
And my grandfather got up and started apologizing to her for not taking better care of himself. Um, he had had a heart attack uh, six years earlier and uh, didn't scare him enough. Typical all-American male, right? Uh, uh, nothing really scares us enough to put us on the straight and narrow path. And so he apologized for not taking better care of himself, leaving her alone, that they should have done more together as a couple and that they should have, you know, had a longer life together and gone and done more things and more experiences. And as my grandmother was kind of, I guess, in a, in a groggy state in her dream and was trying to say, well, how did you get here? And, um, was kind of questioning him and he says, listen, I just had to come to apologize. He says, they don't know I'm gone yet. I have to get back before they find out I'm missing. And he gets up and starts walking out of the bedroom. Of course, my grandmother in her dream supposedly is following him through out of the bedroom into the hallway, the living room, and he walks through the, uh, the door of the apartment building into the hallway. And my grandmother hears a door slam, wakes up and she's in the middle of the hallway. Um, that freaked her out enough that within a very short period of time, uh, less than a, a month or two, uh, she moved in with my parents because she did not want to live alone based on that experience. So, um, so, uh, that's, that's my, one of my, uh, uh many stories that, uh, I've heard over the years. So without further ado, here is, um, our stories for the Listen Up Milwaukee Halloween Special 2019. My name is Ashley. I am 29 years old, living in Wisconsin. And I moved into my husband and I's first home down in Milwaukee. We have bought the home, which originated back in 1928. And prior to moving in, um, it was a flip. So we had well in advance that there was people living upstairs, people living downstairs. And the gentleman that had sold us the house had flipped it back into a single family home. So the upstairs layout has right going up the stairs, a big open room that we consider the den. Um, all we really had in there was a rug, a chest, um, a snake um, in a tank <laughs> and a mirror on the wall. Then to the left, there was our master bedroom straight ahead. There was what we would consider the baby room yet. We did not have a child at that time. And directly to the right of that room was the guest bedroom. Now, Joe and I had gone upstairs. My husband and I had gone upstairs and we were closing the evening with I was reading a book. He was playing video games in bed. And we brought the two dogs upstairs, got them situated in their nice, fuzzy, warm bed and blanket. When I had put my book down, I started to close my eyes and was trying to fall asleep for work the next day. Joe was wrapping up his video game, and all of a sudden, I was hearing what sounded like footsteps in the den. So I had asked Joe if one of the dogs maybe had gotten up and maybe went out there. And sure enough, Joe looked over. Nope, 
they're sitting right next to me. All right. Must have just been a couple creaks. Again, it's an old house. Well, then all of a sudden I was hearing the same sounds, but it was getting louder and closer to the bedroom. So at this point, I'm a little aggravated. I'm just like, okay, is there like a small animal in the house or, you know, what's going on? So I decided to to take a look. I just popped my head out the door. Nothing. Okay, so I'm laying back in bed. And then all of a sudden, I had heard the same sounds. But then what sounded like a thud. And then another thud. I was like, okay, well, now clearly something has fallen or something has moved because there is now actual big sounds rather than just footsteps. And so I was really freaked out, and I told Joe to get up. And so he had gotten up and looked out, and he didn't see anything, so I followed behind him. But I had told him that there was a pillow in the room. And he looked at me, and I looked at him. And I said, did, did you, like, rearrange a room or something? And he said, no. And so I turn on the light in the den, and sure enough, there's a pillow, a, a pillow from what was in our, our baby bedroom. So think about it this way. It's in the den. This pillow is physically in the middle of the den. And in the baby room, I have two and now one of these pillows is out in the middle of our den. Then I see that there is a box that was by the door to the baby room, which was open and is propped open with a standing guitar. And that box was moved. It looked like something had hit it or something and the contents were over and out. So I'm trying to think logically with my husband as to how did that fall over? Did a dog get out? No, they were laying next to us. We did not have a cat at the time. And how did a physical object, such as that pillow, go from one room to the other? And that was easily from the couch to where it was in, in the den. That was easily over 10 feet that that had moved. I mean, that's shifting from one room all the way to the other. So needless to say, we laid in bed. Nothing else happened that night, woke up, and it was like a brand new day. But we still, to this day, cannot figure out what those sounds were. I mean, it, it sounded as if we had company that was spending the night and moving around upstairs. And then to find a physical box moved and fallen with a pillow physically moved from one room and placed in the middle of another story was sent in to us by Sue, uh, through our Facebook request. And uh, Sue writes, the smell of mothballs always reminds me of my grandmother who passed away June 5th, 1990. About a month after she passed, I was staying overnight at her house. I was in the kitchen and started smelling mothballs. I heard a noise coming from the hallway and went to investigate as I was there alone. The mothball smell got stronger and I heard a creak and saw the floorboard in the hallway bend as if somebody was standing on it. Another time, I was driving in Florida around 2 a.m. I was speeding, LOL, 
But when I smelled the mothballs again, yes, I was in the car and had no reason to smell that. I looked in the rearview mirror and saw headlights that weren't there a few seconds before. So I took my foot off the gas. I looked back to the road and the deer had run in front of the car. Had I not let off the gas, I would have hit it. The headlights in my rearview disappeared, and I believe she saved me from having an accident. Uh, my name is Crystal, and I'm going to tell a scary story about a haunted conference that I went to with my mother. So every year, my mother and I go to a conference called American Hauntings, and it's in Alton, Illinois, and it's at the end of June. And you go to these things, and you don't expect anything to happen because you're you're surrounded by a bunch of people that are also there doing the same thing. And you think, well, really, what are the chances? So the, the conference is set up where at, during the day you go to a, a bunch of speakers who talk about hauntings and stuff. And then at night you can do ghost tours or you can actually do invest what they call investigations. And they pick haunted places around this Alton, Illinois area that have been known to be have haunted activity. So uh, the first year that my mother and there were, were going a bit of skeptical. She had befriended them on Facebook because she was really into all the paranormal shows and decided, hey, we're going to do this and come along with me. And I thought, sure, why not? So um, we're one of the after hour activities is going to a place, one of the, the hotel, which is the Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton, Illinois. And um, you, what they do is you go in and there's a somebody there that's knowledgeable about the place and they kind of do a little spiel about you're allowed to go here and not here and this is you know while while you're here these are the things that you can and can't use and usually everybody's sitting there and some of the people that are really into it have all their equipment set up and their you know their emf readers and whatever so uh the first thing they do is they give you a tour of the whole facility and kind of just tell you little histories about each room and little events that they've either heard about or themselves experienced so this hotel has an in, one of the first indoor pools in the Illinois area. And right now the pool is just like decrepit and the water's been all drained out of it. And so it's very, very creepy. And then what they like to do is turn the lights out on you. <laughs> so pretty much everywhere you walk, the lights are either dimmed or out. And uh, one of the places that you could go is what they call Pearl's Room. And there's been a lot of activity and they're not really 100% sure on the story, but the basic story is that Pearl committed suicide in that room in the hotel because her husband was cheating on her or something along those lines. So my mom and I uh, were walking around and this lady comes by and she's a, she says, oh, I'm a medium and here's what I do. And, and we had a very nice conversation and she's like, well, I was going to go up to Pearl's room. Do you want to come with me? And my mom are like, sure, why not? So we go up there. And we're kind of sitting there and all of a sudden it gets really, it starts getting a little creepy, right? And you can kind of feel the shivers and the, I don't know if it's just something about, and the room is just kind of bare studs and they're, they're working on renovating this whole hotel. So everything's sort of in a disrepair kind of way. And um, the medium leans over to me and she's like, can you feel the hairs on the back of your neck? And it's like, yes, I can. And she's like, well, he's standing right next to you. Well, then all of a sudden she says, okay, we're going to leave. And she's very calm and she's just kind of like, everybody get up and we're all going to leave. And I think, well, what the heck is going on? So 
you know, like I'm creeped out anyway. So I'm like, sure, let's, let's get out of here. So her and my mom are in front and I'm in back and we're walking down the, the, the corridor to get down the stairs. And as you're, we're walking away, our steps are getting faster and faster and faster and faster. And we're all freaking out. Well, I feel this, this jab right in my left shoulder and I can't figure out what it, I'm like, it, it's like, ah, oh, crap. And it scares the crap out of me. And I just, I ended up flying down the stairs. I think I passed my mom and the medium lady and was like, move out of my way. <laughs> I'm out of here. So um, when we get to the bottom of the stairs, the medium's like dreaming heavy and panting. And she's like, I don't know what happened, but a really dark spirit came into the room and I just needed everybody. I need you guys to get out to be safe. And then, um, you know, I, I mentioned that so I felt like something had jabbed me in the shoulder and we kind of pull my shirt down and look and here on my shoulder is this discoloration, which later a couple that night that night had turned into an actual bruise of where I had been pushed by this, according to the medium, dark entity. So that was that was pretty scary <laughs> to me. And I refuse to go back into that room even even now, like when we go to the events, that's I'm skipping. Nope, no thank you. <laughs> Done. Hi, my name is Christine. My first story is my husband and I had bought our first home. It was a very small ranch, just under a thousand square feet, um, three bedrooms. And when my first child was born, it was a little boy, and he never liked to sleep in his bedroom, even as a baby. I believe in ghosts. My husband at the time never did. Growing up, I never liked to be home alone. Um, and I never lived on my own. So when I was by myself in this house, occasionally I would see a shadow, but I just chalked it up to an overactive imagination. And I would just be like, la, 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 you didn't see that. Um, but again, when my son was born, he never really liked to be in his room. And I was always one that never wanted to hear baby cry or anything. So I always had him with me. Um, but as he grew older and we were going to transition him to a toddler bed, we bought him the little tech's car bed. And we thought that was really cool, but he wouldn't sleep in it. So I started thinking, why isn't he sleeping in this bed? I mean, he would sleep anywhere on the floor, anywhere, a table, but not the bed. I thought, okay, maybe he thinks it's because it's a car. That's why he's not sleeping here. So my dad, who does woodworking, made him a beautiful bed that was like a captain's bed with drawers and everything underneath it. But he wouldn't sleep in that bed either. He would play in the room during the day, but he wouldn't play in the room at night. So then I got pregnant with my daughter and I was huge, but we had to sleep on the living room floor, campouts all the time. Not comfortable. This kid would just not sleep in his room. He'd sleep in our bed. He'd sleep on the floor. He'd sleep with his sister anywhere but that room. Then got pregnant with the third child. House now too small for three children. So we moved to our second house, which was 1,500 square feet. And we were in the house. We were unboxing. It was my mom and I. It was a two-story house. And Thomas was upstairs playing in his bedroom with my mom while we were unpacking. And my mom said to him, so, do you like your new room? Isn't this great? It was a really big room. And I was concerned he wasn't going to sleep up there. And I did not want to have 
campouts for the rest of my life. And my mom said that his response was, yes, the guy isn't in this room. That totally freaked me out. He never, ever said anything about a guy to me regarding the other house. Now, I had seen a shadow in that house all the time, but I was going, blah, 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 blah. I don't see anything, overactive imagination. But he slept upstairs by himself in that room, in that second house, no problems forevermore. That is weird. The following story comes to us from Wayne. Um, now, Wayne is a former classmate of mine and is currently also the drummer in the band Addiction. Um, Addiction is a local Milwaukee band, and you can find more information out about them through their website, which is milwaukeesaddiction.com. You can find uh, what type of music they play, band pictures, reviews, and also their schedule. So this is Wayne's story. It was my great aunt's funeral wake, and it was early before the service. I was sitting down alone, looking at the casket and all the flowers around it. Suddenly, I noticed a single rose from the hundreds of flowers there just started to sway back and forth violently by itself. None of the other flowers around it were moving. As I realized what was going on, I grabbed my father to come look, but it, was, but it had stopped. My dad jokingly said it was probably your great aunt waving goodbye to you. I believe that could be true. There was no wind or breeze at all, and it was in an enclosed room in the funeral home, so there'd be no reason for it to move by itself. So, hi, my name is Joe, and uh, I have a, a couple of creepy stories from a uh, about a 100-year-old house that my wife Ashley and I uh, moved into. It was our first home. Um, I'll preface this with being I'm not much of a believer in ghosts. I, I enjoy horror movies. I enjoy scary stories, but I enjoy them for what they are. They're creepy. They kind of freak you out, but I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in the trueness of them. But this home has made me question that just slightly, mainly because all of these stories, I really can't explain them. <clears throat> I'm a, uh, a very left brain person. And uh, anytime anything happens, I try to figure it out. I try to break it all down and, and find the details of why that happened. And and we had admittedly a lot of stuff happened in this house that I was able to explain. It's an old house, has weird noises at night especially when it's really, really quiet. And uh, most of the time I was able to find a reason for things, but these four things uh, I was never able to find a reason for. And, you know, they stuck with me even years later. Um, so the first story my wife Ashley uh, told, which is um, it was near when we moved out of the house. Um, we have two dogs and we actually have a cat, but at the time we didn't have the cat, but we have two dogs. And we always have those dogs sleep with us at night. And I'm a little bit OCD. I don't fall asleep very well when like my bedroom door is open or if things are amiss in the house. So I usually do a little bit of cleaning, make sure everybody's in bed, close our bedroom door, and go to sleep. And it's always kind of a little, you know, I don't know, a ritual for me. Um, so we did that that night. Both the dogs were in bed next to our bed, closed the door, went to sleep. 
my wife and I woke up and we had this room that we used to always call the baby room because we always wanted to have a child and that was going to be her room or his room. And uh, it had a old couch of mine in it and a couple of pillows on that couch. Um, I didn't admittedly didn't go in this room very often, but uh, um, anytime I did, I would straighten it up. The couch, the pillows would always be on the couch. Anyways, when we walked out of the bedroom door, that the pillows were both in the middle of the den, which is a room kind of in the middle of the whole upper story. So it was about 10 or 15 feet away from the couch. Thought it was strange, never really could figure out a reason why. Um, this is after all of the other experiences that I'm about to explain. So we just kind of talked it up as uh, the ghost did it, put the pillows back on the couch. Never, ever had that happen ever again. Lived there for six years. The dogs had never played with the pillows. Pillows have never moved on their own, or at least I've never seen them. So that was a little bit weird. Um, I usually start with that one because that one's not really that creepy. It was just kind of like a, huh, that was weird. Um, the second story I have is uh, um, I was downstairs brushing my teeth. And, and this is an old home, and uh, both floors were really, really big. And it was a bungalow. So there's a first floor and then a second floor. Um, and our main bathroom was in the kitchen, right off the kitchen was kind of like the entrance or the entrance that we used to come into the, uh, into the house. Um, and it, we were getting ready for bed. The lights were pretty much all off on the first floor. And I was just in the, uh, the bathroom brushing my teeth. And I wish I could remember what I heard, but I heard a voice. It was a young woman's voice or you know, a young girl's voice. It was hard to kind of tell, but it had kind of that inflection of a woman and it wasn't so old. I could, you know, tell the signs of age on the voice itself. I can't remember exactly what they said to me, but it was along the lines of, of get out or leave, something along that line. I couldn't exactly hear it. It was kind of one of those things you kind of hear right at the edge of your, your perception. So I just immediately assumed it was my wife and asked her what she said and I heard nothing. And I just kind of assumed she was in the kitchen, which, again, was right off of where I was, which is the bathroom. I walked in the kitchen and there was nobody there. And I said her name again a little bit louder this time. And I heard nothing. I kind of stood there and went, well, that's strange. And then I yelled her name really loud. And I heard her respond from our bedroom, which is about as far away from the bathroom as you can get in our house. And I tend to be a, uh, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I tend to be a pretty like I said, a logical person. So I don't freak out very easily, but I felt my stomach just kind of drop, you know, to the floor. And I ran upstairs like, you know, a frightened little child and ran into the bedroom and told my wife what I heard. And I couldn't explain it. And that's kind of why I freaked out so much is I just, I had no logical explanation for why I heard this voice and my brain couldn't comprehend it. And I went running upstairs. Um, the third story I have is uh, right after we moved in. Um, it was during the night. So the dogs were in the bedroom with me. My wife and I, I believe at the time she was my girlfriend, we had a kind of a big fight. We just moved in the house and probably lived there for maybe six months. Um, and uh, she had chose to sleep at her parents' house. We were kind of at each other's throats and there's really no reason for her to be there because we just would have fought and fought and fought and gotten nowhere. So she went and stayed in her parents' house and I slept with the dogs at the house. Um, I went to bed that night, shut the door to the bedroom, uh, had the dogs in the bedroom with me. Uh, I want to say I woke up right around dawn, 
because I had to use the restroom. So I got up, walked out, used the restroom, walked back into the bedroom, saw the dogs laying in their bed. Um, it's pretty early, so they weren't really um, uh, ready to go out or, or eat any food or anything like that. So I was just going to go back to bed until they until they woke me up. So I shut the door, laid down in bed, and made sure that they were in the room, like I always did, and uh, started to drift off to sleep. And I was kind of right in that stage where you are just a little bit awake and a little bit asleep. And I was just about to fall asleep. And then I heard the sound of, to me, sounded like one of our dogs scratching on the, uh, on the uh, bedroom door. <clears throat> I woke up, I looked at the door. And I was kind of confused whether or not I actually heard it. And then I looked at the dog bed, assuming I'd only see one of them. Usually our, our female dog, Haley, likes to get into things and, and get left behind. And I just kind of assumed she was outside the, outside of the bedroom. But I looked at the, uh, the dog bed, and both of them had their ears straight up in the air and their eyes very wide staring at the bedroom door. So they were both there, and they had both from what I assumed because of the way their stances were and where they were looking had heard the sound that I heard. So I slowly walked up the bedroom door, opened the door up and there was nothing there. I at, at the time we had just moved in. So I was like, I assumed there had to be some way that an animal got into the house. So I searched the house uh, with a flashlight, went down in the basement, actually opened up the attic and looked up in the attic. We didn't have a attic that you actually walk around in, but it was kind of a crawl space. Didn't see anything up there. Um, uh, so I had no re- way to really explain it. Uh, there was no doors open. There was nothing in the basement. There was nothing in the attic. Later, we had a leak in our roof. So I ended up spending a lot of time in that attic. And I can tell you for sure, there was no way any animal ever got into that attic. So I really have no way of explaining that story. It was just it was just another strange experience and a long line of strange experiences. My last one isn't really an experience. It's more of a a dream I had, but this is after we had all kinds of weird experiences. Um, my wife had said that at one time, I believe she, she thought that a little girl had maybe died in the house or had seen a little girl. And that's it maybe had been stuck in my head, but I had this, this strange dream. And I actually, when I heard that voice, it kind of, this, the dream I had before I heard the voice and this kind of stuck in my head when I heard the voice, but I had this dream, which I don't dream very often, but this is a really, really vivid dream. So I was playing hide and seek with this little girl. I don't remember exactly what she looked like, but she was a little girl. I think she had blonde hair. And uh, we were in our bedroom, my wife and my bedroom. At the time, we had been talking about having kids and getting married and stuff like that. So it wasn't really weird. I was having a dream about a little girl. Um, and uh, we were both hiding on either side of the bed. And she would poke her head up and laugh. And then I'd put my head down and then I'd poke my head up and, and kind of go boo and scare. Her. And then she would laugh and do the same thing. We did that a few times. And then I put my head down and then I popped my head up and she was staring at me with this really kind of evil frozen smile. And I thought it was strange. And I asked her if anything was okay. She didn't say anything. So I put my head back down and I put it back up and she was still sitting there looking at me with this really frozen smiling face. So I put my head down one more time and I saw her underneath the bed uh, on the same side as, as the other girl. And she had her finger up to her lips and she was telling me to be quiet. And I saw that and the dream kind of changed. It was almost like it fast forwarded, you know, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. 
And the same girl, she was now a teenager, probably like 17, 18 years old. And she was in the den just outside of the room that we called the baby room. And she was, I was yelling at her for something. And uh, she wasn't really reacting to it. And I was yelling, I don't know, in the dream, I was supposed to be her dad or what. But I was yelling at her for something. And she pointed at me and kind of used her finger, her pointer finger, to tell me to come here. And at that moment in the dream, I couldn't move anymore. And I was just kind of frozen in place. And then when she told me to come here, I started walking slowly towards her, making this sound that I've never heard myself make before. I was kind of going like, uh, almost like I had like knocked the wind out of myself and couldn't breathe. And I slowly walked towards her as I got close to her. I woke up in a sweat and I was making the sound that I was making in the dream. I was going, uh, and I woke up, I looked around, it was pitch black and, uh, I didn't really know how to explain it. It was one of the strangest things I've ever had happen to me. Um, other than that, we've had a, a, a lot of really small things that I've always been able to explain, but those four have kind of stuck with me. Hi, my name is Ashley. I am 29 from Wisconsin, and this is yet another creepy experience I had as a child. I was probably about 11 or 12, and my dad had just built us our brand new beautiful home out in the country, and I just got my room moved from, from the upstairs all the way down to the basement. So got a new bed in there, got a new dresser, got everything arranged and situated. Nights were going really, really well. No issues, not scared. A few months in, things got really eerie where I would hear things shuffle around in my room and then I would hear steps near my bedroom. Now, I thought I was just losing my mind, of course, because, you know, as a child, it's like, it's not real. Mommy and daddy say it's not real. It's not happening. You're dreaming. Well, all of a sudden, it started to feel way too real. And that's when I saw the black figure. It looked like a shadow figure, if you will. It was a man, very tall, the top hat, all black. I couldn't make any faces out. I couldn't see any clothes. It was just an all black mass shadow on my wall. And I could see this shadow because to the right of my bed on my nightstand, I had a stereo that had stuff light up on the front of it. Um, so there was like the light from the stereo being reflected onto my window. So Hey, like I'm dreaming and I'm going to go back to bed. Well, this was happening over and over night after night. I am seeing this figure standing directly across from my bed on the wall. So night after night, I would be afraid to go to sleep. And if I fell asleep and woke up guaranteed, I would open my eyes and see this black figure across my room. Well, then it got even weirder because not only was I hearing and seeing things, 
in my dream, I would wake up and scream bloody murder to my mom, who was a whole floor above. (laughs) And she would come running down and try to console me and hug me and tell me it was a bad dream. And you know, she'd wipe me down because I'd wake up in a hot sweat. And I mean, I would just be like saturated. I mean, take off my clothes, put new clothes on. I'm sweating. I'm shaking. Clearly I'm distraught. Well, I would always see in these dreams, a little girl. And there was this little girl with black hair, porcelain skin, big brown hazel eyes, It's like a mixture between like a a light brown and like a green. And I remember walking around with her in a hospital in this dream. And I would have these dreams day in and day out, day in and day out. It was the same dream. It was as if you were like picking up from the book you had read the night before. And then it got to be where she wasn't so nice. It was like she wouldn't let me leave my dream or she would want to like harm me or get physical with me in some way. Well, it didn't just end with me waking up and having a hot sweat, if you will, or clamminess or the shakes. I would actually wake up with like physical scratches on my body. So my mom is trying to tell me, you're dreaming. You're just doing this in the middle of the night to yourself. Like, you know, try to listen to more therapeutic, you know, music before you go to sleep. Um, you know, maybe read a a good, happy book before you go to bed. It didn't matter how I put myself to sleep. I would still see this man and I would still have the same dream with this girl. And I would still wake up in the morning before I go to school with these scratches and these bruises on my legs and my arms. And so then I started jotting in a notebook what I was seeing. And what I was hearing from this girl and what she was saying to me and thinking maybe if I just write this stuff out and put it in a book and close it and put it in my closet and never look at it again, maybe the dreams will stop. Well, the dreams continued and the shadow man still continued. And I would still wake up with scratches. I would still wake up with bruises. I would still wake up and see directly across from me the shadow man. And this went on for about six months easily. But I still have the notebook actually to this day of the girl and my dreams. And luckily I don't see the black shadow man anymore, but it it still haunts me to this day that I would see this big black mass that wouldn't move, wouldn't talk every single night And then it transitioned into seeing this little girl in my dream that somehow I would physically wake up in the morning with scratches and bruises. So, My name is Crystal, and I'm going to talk about the second year that my mom and I went to the Haunted America Conference in Alton, Illinois. So we had decided to skip the Mineral Springs Hotel that year because of what had happened last year. And we were going to pick the safest thing possible, which was at the Best Western Premiere. And I thought, what could happen in a a modern hotel? Nothing, right? This is as safe as we can be. So they were doing a course in psychometry, which is basically the idea that objects can carry strong emotion with them. So 
by touching an object that has been involved in some type of traumatic event, you can kind of read the energy off of it and, and I don't know, spirits can talk to you through it, or you can just kind of get general emotions off of it, that kind of thing. So what they do is uh, they put some headphones on you. So you cannot, they're noise canceling headphones, and then they have white noise playing through the headphones. And the idea is that the spirits that are connected to the item that you're touching would you then use the white noise to sort of communicate through you. All right. So you go into a room. And of course, when I signed up for this, I was very skeptical, like really? <laughs> what? Okay. And this is why I picked it because I thought there's no way anything's going to happen. And it'll just be kind of a laugh as these people hold this and go, uh, nothing. So, okay. You go into a room and they have a whole bunch of objects laid on the table and you're just supposed to sit in front of the object that calls to you. So there's like creepy objects, like a doll head with no eyes and there's just sort of plain objects, like there was a music box and, I don't know, some glass bottles. And they had um, real real ties from somewhere, some mining thing where an accident had happened, that kind of stuff. So I see it at a table and there's these little wooden houses and I think, oh, those are cute. All right, we'll sit there. And it ends up that they start on the other side of the room from us. So there's a whole bunch of people ahead of us and they're kind of doing their thing and they put the headphones on and they're holding the object. And for the most part, they're really not getting much. Like people aren't, the ladies asking questions, which obviously they can't hear with the noise canceling headphones on. So there's really little response to her question fitting with what everybody else is saying. Like, cause they'll just say something like, Oh, I hear a male voice, but I can't pick it out. Right. I hear a female voice saying, I think it's yes. I'm not sure. Cause you're just supposed to verbalize everything you hear from the headphones. So people can kind of get an idea of what you're hearing. Cause you don't know what's being asked or when it's being asked. So this whole time I'm sitting there, there's this like little fish salt shaker and it's sitting at another table that I hadn't, my mom and I hadn't sat at. So I'm kind of watching it and I'm like, well, maybe I should do the little fish salt shaker that it's, if I feel like it wants me to pick it up. Right. Silly, but that's what I thought in my head. So, um, it, it finally gets my turn and no one's picked the salt shaker and I go, so I get up from my table and I go grab it and I come back and I put the headphones on and I have the salt shaker in my hand and the white noise start and it's just in my, in my ear. Okay. So at this point, I don't remember anything from when that started until the very end where I guess I was repeating nonstop. He did it where I was going. He did it. He did it. He did it. And my mom touched my arm and I heard the voice in the microphone going, he did it. He did it. But he was, it was so fast that it was like, and I, I dropped, let me tell you, I dropped that fish and I dropped the headphones as fast as I possibly could. And that, and I scooted back from the table and I'm like, okay, what just freaking happened? Cause I felt like my turn was two seconds. Whereas everybody else had gotten like five minutes of holding an object and just sort of mumbling. So they come now, everything's done. Like they're done. I, I have taken the headphones off. So then what the lady starts saying um, you know, she's sitting there and getting very excited because this is, I guess, the first time that they've had something happen that day.
But uh, what, what it basically down to is she had started asking me questions and I was answering her questions. So she would say, you know, I can't remember uh, something about like, you know, where did this happen? And then my question was done. And then what happened? And then I said, murder. And then she said, well, who murdered you? And I said, Mark. And then who, you know, and then she kept saying questions. And instead of there being that long pause, like the other people had had, and then you just kind of have to like, Oh, I feel sad or whatever they were saying. It was like direct answers to exactly what she was asking. And then the really part that freaks me out about the whole thing is I don't remember it. I don't remember answering. I don't remember doing any of that. All I remember is putting the headphones on the white noise starting. And then all of a sudden my mom touching me and the, the, he did it being repeated over and over again. So it was, it was pretty freak. It's the most freaky thing that's happened to me. And it happened at a best Western premier hotel, (laughs) newly built best Western premier hotel. My name is Christine and this is my story. So, um, I am divorced and this is now, let's see, oh, probably about three years ago, maybe two and a half. Um, I have three children. One is, well, the oldest is a boy, a Marine. Then I have a girl and then I have another boy. And at the time, he, the youngest one, was going into the Coast Guard. The youngest one was living with my ex-husband, who retained the house that we had lived in. And by the time we got divorced, I always told my kids they could live with me if they wanted to. In fact, I missed them horribly, and I was always encouraging it. Um, The woman that my ex-husband was dating had recently moved into the house. And when they did that, my youngest son was kind of displaced and put into the basement. Now there wasn't a bedroom down there. So he was just kind of living in the rec room, which had carpeting and paneled walls and all that kind of stuff. Um, So nothing weird ever happened in that house before. I have a strong faith. My ex-husband did not. My kids went to parochial schools um, for a few years, but then when we moved out to the suburbs, they did not. But I always referenced God. We prayed, things like that. They did not believe in God. My youngest one, especially, he was all about Bill Nye, the science guy. Every time I would talk about something, he'd bring up another video and talk about science. So we just agreed to disagree. So. None of them believe in ghosts, didn't believe in God, just me, and I believe in ghosts. So my son's living in the basement, and everything's fine, and he would visit me, and we would talk and all that good stuff. My um, Marine was in California at the time, and my daughter had her own apartment. And one night, I get a call from my son, probably around midnight, saying, I'm coming to live with you. You need to come get me after work tomorrow. As soon as possible. I need to get the hell out of here. I, of course, am like, what's going on? You need to tell me. Like, right now, I should come get you right now. I can come get you right now. Because, of course, I'm worried something's happening. It's horrible. 
And he said, no, you can come get me tomorrow. I can wait that long. I said, okay, we're going to tell me where it is. He said, no, I'll tell you tomorrow. There's a ghost. I'm like, what? No, I need a little more information now. No, I'll tell you tomorrow. Just come get me tomorrow. I said, okay. So now I'm like totally freaking out. Now I worked with a guy who came from Africa and we were good friends and he had a really strong faith and stuff. And we had talked about things before. So I tell him the story and he's in his thick African accent, which I cannot even imitate, but he gave me this prayer to do and this blessing. And he had me get this special olive oil. And so we put it over my car and my, my apartment and then went and got my son, brought him and his stuff over. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me what happened. So he said that he had been in the basement and seen things move before and heard things, but didn't believe in anything. So thought it was his imagination. He also plays video games, the kind where you can play with people in other states and things like that and talk and stuff. And he was home alone, completely by himself. Had to go to the bathroom, which there was not one in the basement. Said that he was going upstairs. They knew he was home alone. Said he'd be right back. Came back downstairs. And they said to him when he got back on the headset, well, we thought you were home alone and we're going to the bathroom. And he's like, yeah, I was. What's the deal? And they said, well, who was playing for you and on the phones or the headset when you went to the bathroom? That's when he got really freaked out. And he's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I am home alone. And they said, well, someone was playing for you and someone's on the headset. So he got really wiggy. And then he looked out of the corner of his eye and he said he saw someone that had on a flannel shirt, a white T-shirt, and jeans that were kind of baggy. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. It wasn't a flannel shirt. It was a members-only jacket because he didn't know it was called a members-only jacket. He described it. and He said, it's like what dad has, which was kind of funny. Um, And he saw it out of the corner of his eye. And when he would look, the thing would disappear. But then he, because he didn't have a dresser or anything down there, he kind of had his clothes just strewn all over. And he would see his clothes kind of move and stuff. And he was dating this girl at the time. And she would come over. And he never told her any of this because, like, what girl would go stay there then? Yuck. Certainly not me. Um, so she was over one night. And it was the night that he called me. So she was over. They were staying downstairs. And I guess what happened was she said, what is that guy doing in the corner? Like, do you see that? And he said, describe it to me. And she described the same exact thing. And he said, don't look at it. And he and she, he said, do you really see it? And she said, yes. And he said, I see it all the time. I thought it was just me. <laughs> I've been pretending that it's not there. I thought it was my imagination. I never told you. And she's like, oh, my God. Except there were like ex- expletives, F words and stuff. And then they said they looked out of the corner of their eye and like, literally like a sweatshirt was in the air, like moving. Okay. So now the child who doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in spirits tells me this and I'm totally freaking out. So I'm like, wow. Oh my God. So now he moves into my house. He's living there. 
the funny thing is my Marine who could like kill you at the drop of anything. The one thing he's terrified of is ghosts. So he finds out there's a ghost in the house and he goes back there. Cause now he's back from the Marines and he's up there for like one day and his bedroom's upstairs and he's home by himself and he can hear stuff and his door starts opening by itself and things. And he is at my house so fast and he moves in then my daughter moved in they told me that there were cupboard doors that would just open and shut for no reason they would go and shut them all then they'd be open they just couldn't take it so i the beauty of it was i had all three of my kids living with me again but here's where it gets even creepier so thank god i listened to the friend that i work with and blessed my car and all of that because shortly after they moved in um, I was getting ready for work in the morning and my bedroom, I had a, a first um, floor apartment, but the parking garage was under my bedroom. So my bedroom was kind of like it was on the second floor, but it wasn't. So I was getting ready, came out of the bathroom, into the bedroom, looked out my window and there was a guy standing there exactly like my son described, looking in my window, except he had on a baseball cap. And I didn't remember my son saying anything about a baseball cap. And I quickly ran back, freaked out, and thought, I got a peeping Tom. But then I looked out again, and he was gone. Now, I did it so fast that I would have seen where he would have gone. And I'm looking, I'm looking, I didn't see anything. I'm like, okay, this is just weird. So I called my um, son's girlfriend, and I said, hey, remember the ghost that you guys saw? Um, what did he look like again? Describe him to me. So she did. And I said, uh, did he have anything else? And she goes, oh yeah, a baseball cap. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I didn't say anything. And then I called my son and I asked the same question. He said, oh yeah, a baseball cap. And I was just freaked out. Now, nothing ever happened in my apartment, but I am thinking because I have a strong faith and because I had done the blessing on my house and my car that there was just in every window and every door that there was a barrier and he was not getting in. And he just stayed outside and in that house. And he is still in that house and he can stay there. Wasn't there when I was there. We are thinking that he moved in when Lynn came in. Oops, sorry. When she came in <laughs> and is somehow attached to her, and that's that. So that's my second story. Well, that's a wrap for the uh, Halloween uh, 2019 special uh, here on the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. I'd like to thank everybody who participated, who took the time uh, to tell their story. Uh, it, it does mean a lot to me that people uh, appreciate what I'm doing and like what I'm doing and, uh, are willing to help me out. So thank you to everybody whose story we either read or played back uh, on that. And, uh, with that, I'd like to wish you a happy Halloween and, uh, thanks for listening. This has been the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast brought to you by Testaduro Media, LLC. You can reach us by email at listenupmke at yahoo.com or through our website, listenupmke.podbean.com. We ask that you leave the podcast a positive review 
either at the Apple iTunes Store or at Google Play. This helps us reach more people the more episodes we deliver and the higher our rating gets. Opening and closing music is courtesy of John C. and taken from his album Shine, available where music is sold. 